am Kim Duke, and I'm married to an addict alcoholic. Hi, Kim. Uh, my name's Chris, and I am an addict alcoholic. Hi, Chris. Um, studio looks different. Um, I know people got kind of a glimpse of what everything was going to look like with Dude Absolutely, um, but this is the the finished. I mean, we might add some random, you know, decorations or something, but uh, for the, I mean, more or less, this is this is it. We did it. It was a lot of work. Almost destroyed my back again, but yeah, totally worth it. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome space. So our viewers, you can see everything, obviously. It was a lot of work, but it makes it more comfortable. Yeah. Sit and have deep conversations with people. Yeah. You need to be comfortable. Yeah. The last episode was extremely heavy and, and got a lot of really good feedback. People seemed to, to like it. It was weird because I... Um, there's certain people like when I get like really ashamed, I I like look down. I can't look at them. Alex is one of those people that was there for. I mean, he saw more than any friend that I have, um, and he like at in like real time too. Him him and Caitlin, um, were there for all the shit, and then we kind of dropped off. I like. You know, I, I went to the hospital and um, and then went to treatment. We saw him once or twice before I dipped out, but then, like, the communication wasn't really there. And I think it was because we were both just, like, we've only known each other for a year. Like, at that point, we'd known each other for about uh, maybe a little over a year. And to have that happen, like, it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy that that because you, you meet people in comedy and you hear fucked up things happen to them and and you kind of are like oh man that sucks that that happened to so and so, but you're not as attached as like Alex and I are. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that was a hard episode. It was hard hearing all that stuff too. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, like the telephone conversations. It like put me back to a place where I really didn't like you. Yeah. And I forgot what that feeling was like because things have been so different for quite some time now. But it did put me back to where I just felt yucky for a few days. And then I listened to the episode and then I felt yucky again because hearing him talk about your phone conversations, I got mad that and I don't want to make you upset, but I'm going to say how I felt. But hearing you say Kim expects all this from me. When in reality, I didn't expect shit from you at that point because I knew exactly what was going to happen. You go to work, you come home and you drink and I take care of everything. Yeah. So for to hear you say like she expects me to be this dad and this and this and that, it's like I didn't because you didn't do that stuff. Well, I mean, I I did. I know. I mean, but like. It, well, here's what I was going to say. Like, I so I was I was like present. I was physically there. But I was, and like Alex had alluded to, or had said, um, that I had made all of these things. Like I had, like I was feeling all of this pressure from things that I had created. Like I decided to do the open mic. I decided to produce these shows, produce Alex's show, take photos, do, hit, try and hit all these mics and trying to make this thing happen. And then trying to make things happen with the podcast. Like it was all stuff that I did, but because it wasn't working 
it was just easier to blame you. And so I, like a lot of that stuff was me just taking the coward's way out. Because like you were saying, like, like there, it was basically like hearing a storm outside. Yeah. And because I was in here most of the time, I was in this office most of the time. And you were like with the kids with a flashlight saying everything's going to be fine. It's just a bunch of noise. Don't worry about it. Lights yeah. will come on soon. And that, yeah, he was absolutely right. But I think right. your blaming of me too made you not like me. Like I could feel during that time, we didn't really like each other at all. Sure. I think deep down, the it was, I think that deep down, it wasn't that I didn't like you. It was just a reminder of she's doing everything that she can and you're, I'm still acting like it's not good enough. And that was so fucked up. So that inner turmoil of like, there was something inside of me that wanted to be like, dude, she's letting you do so many things. And she's along for the ride as much as she can handle. Like, it's a lot to ask of somebody every time I try some new thing. Like, and so it was like, I'm, I, I thought that I was resenting you when really I was resenting the fact that I couldn't recognize what I had. Yeah. And that I couldn't appreciate it. It was, it's so like, it's still sure sucks the drinking to think about. also detorts your, distorts a hundred percent what you th like think too. So it's obviously things are fine when you're sober, but the more you drink, then it's all a lot of, well, she must be the reason that I'm not succeeding in A, B, C or D because she makes me do all these other things like have a full-time job and she makes me do this and yeah. makes me do that. Yeah. Really, all you were asking me to do was just be like an equal, um, like to share the responsibility. Like an equal provider. Yeah. I mean, and. And that like not in regards to just financially, just like with the kids and stuff like that. Because I felt yeah. like a lot of making sure like school stuff I had to do. Like I had all these roles that like behind the scenes when you were in your heavy use, you didn't know I was doing all these things, like making sure all these things were taken care of all the time. I think I did. I think I, I think I did. And, um, um, how do I forever and always. And I think I've, I talked about it early on when we were recording this stuff, I would, I always thought that I was destined for like some really great thing. I mean, I would have people tell me that all the time and, like even my parents like would say like that they could see some some greater thing for me i would have missionaries tell me this feed me all this and i don't mean to say bullshit like they were wrong for doing that stuff but the way that i took it was oh dude at some point something incredible is gonna happen just just because you're being you all you gotta do is do the things that inspire you and like oh I find inspiration in this thing. So follow that. Maybe this is where the grandiose thing is going to happen. So like doing all that bullshit and like going through what we went through. I hate it. It was awful. I would never want to have to do that again, but it, it like finally it's when I finally like chilled out that now things are actually starting to happen. Like, like recognizing what you have to offer and what the kids have to offer is what is making things better. It's so it's not like the big realization is it's not me alone. 
that does some big grandiose thing. It's me with the right people that that situation is something worth um, being proud of and, and like being appreciative of. Does that make sense? No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so that's like all all of that shit that Alex was saying. I felt so bad because, yeah, I just was, it was the, yeah, the cowardly thing to do to, it, it, and you live with me. And it's so easy because you're the responsible one to be like, oh, well, because she's responsible, she can't see any like bigger picture thing and like can't, doesn't have these artistic yeah. things, like, which is bullshit. Look at this space. All I contributed was the well, the hard part, the soundboards. But I mean, you you are creative and you have really good ideas. And when rather than thinking that I have to do it, when I just say, "I want your help in this," it it allows you to shine in really big ways. And so, I love you, I and love I'm, you. I'm sorry that I knew you should. And what's hard too is like I knew in the back of my mind that you didn't like just hearing Alex bring those things up and how you talked about me. I knew you felt that way about me then, but it didn't always show. It just sucks to hear it. Yeah. So just like put me back in a bad place again for like a few days where I was, I was mad at you. It just, it sucked because it was like during that time I didn't, I didn't, it's not that I didn't like you. I just didn't like what was happening. I didn't like the person you were at that time. It, It wasn't fair. What do you mean? The way that I was acting wasn't fair because it was making you, you didn't want to be upset with me. Nobody wants to be in a relationship where they're constantly having to mother someone like it's it. So it was unfair of me to be doing these things, which then make like it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to describe, but like when, when you are taking advantage of somebody, of course, like the obvious, like unfair thing is like you're taking time away from them. But the really unfair thing is your friends, your loved ones want to be in a, they want to have a happy, like when they see you, they should feel good or feel safe. And like they, oh. they shouldn't have to feel like, what are they going to be like now? Like, you're unfairly making them feel a way that they don't want to feel. So you're robbing them of, uh, you know, a peaceful coexistence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's frustrating. But that was almost six months ago now, which is crazy to think. Almost six fucking months. Yeah. Where am I at? Look at my handy dandy notebook. 175 days. Wow. That's crazy. Because, I mean, I guess of all the things that have happened from then and now, like with the world and all that. Yeah. Well, and even the way that that we communicate on here, the idea initially was to, we, we needed that, or I shouldn't say we, but you definitely needed to have your voice heard. And I think we like stretched the amount of just you get 30 minutes, I get 30 minutes, that whole thing. Yeah. I think we stretched it as far as we could and... I hope that you feel like, like, no, I no, I feel like I can say whatever I want to say now and not feel like I am not hurt. Like, I feel like I'm being heard. Good. Yeah. And I'm not, 
I guess in the beginning, it's hard because if you do worry about the other person's feelings, but I feel like you've made so much progress since even the first episode of this that I'm not concerned about your feelings because you know I'm not personally attacking you. Yeah. I haven't, and I'm I'm not trying to jinx it, but like by me not being shitty has allowed you to like be happy. And that's all it takes is just... I try to be like as um, upfront about certain things when I say like I, I struggle with this. Yeah. I, I am not good at this. I, 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 yeah, I don't see things a certain way and sometimes I just want to talk about it. Yeah. A, a topic and I know that sounds scary because historically speaking, it's only been six months that I've kind of figured shit out. I mm-hmm. still make mistakes but everything could be a scary thing it, like would you look back on the whole relationship which fucking blows because that and i hope that like it's obviously gotten better but like i hope that the more that we do this the better that gets so that when i bring up a topic it doesn't scare you into yeah. thinking that i'm gonna go all or nothing on something because that was a like beyond my addiction i think that's a part of your addicted personality though is like you find something that like comedy that's it was always like a replacement of something so then it was comedy and it's like i need to i need to go to all these mics i i need to now i need to host my own shows and i need to do this and i need to do that and it was just like always reaching that higher point and if not enough people showed up to your show then it was just like it destroyed you. Yeah. Which I get like when, especially when you put a lot of work into something, but it was just like, that's all you could think about was yeah. constant shows. And like, well, it goes back to that. Like, like I was going to say was, um, beyond the addiction. Like I have other problems. I have codependency issues. I have ADHD. I have, um, anxiety. I don't like the Yeah. Anxiety for sure. But the, I, I always, I know I've asked you this a million times, but the delusions of grandeur or what's the, yeah. it, what, what is that like outside of any diagnosis? Like, can somebody just have delusions of grandeur? I mean, yeah. Like you can just have a, like a delusional disorder. Okay. So some, some people have like paranoid delusions, not necessarily diagnosed schizophrenia. You know, I don't know. There's so many like. Oh, so it's it's usually yeah with under, schizophrenia. You're saying delusion. A lot of delusions go with schizophrenia or okay. bipolar, with psychotic features. Uh, the um, I've brought it up a bunch of times. Uh, dudes, I hate to like be pe- like pegging this guy, but he still hasn't released the episode. But I keep bringing him up. This uh, this Nick dude, um. When I was in the hospital, they, like, a couple of doctors were were kind of, if they would have had more time, were pretty sure that I had that hypermanic thing. So, what I understand, because I had a conversation with the psychiatrist after that, is to determine if you have this type of bipolar that they were talking about you having. Because oh, you but, have, sorry, that, that Nick guy has it. Okay. The thing is, is with you, because you get so concentrated on these ideas so 
now when you left the um right before you went into the hospital also music do you remember that music yeah, yeah. started consuming your thoughts and i needed to create this music and For whatever sure. so and so when me and the psychiatrist talked it was like he may have type 2 you know bipolar too but the thing is is like to you need to see someone sober off of substances for six months to see if they still have these certain things. And I honestly, like he said, you know, he told me in six months, if you're starting to see like this, what you're doing now is nothing compared to before. Oh, sure. So he's like, after six months, if you do notice that might be good to consider like. Well, I think, I think the tricky thing is that this setting doesn't call for what appears to be like hyper focused um, or hyper vigilant um, type of thinking. So because it's like a calm setting, it just so happens that when, when I'm focused on podcasting, like I, I it doesn't require a, um, like this and we're going to do this and now we're going to do that. And like that, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think it can mask itself. Cause if that, that dude had told me that, that he he had been diagnosed with it, which why I always fuck up the the terminology. It's not hypermanic, hyper um, hypomanic, hypomanic. Mm-hmm. So hypomanic, um, because hypermanic you would be like, you don't have the desire to sleep, like you don't need to sleep. Okay, okay. Um, excessive spending, hypersexual, um, or hyperverbal. I we just blew money on that advertising thing that didn't pan out. I want you physically. I don't think you're manic. I think you're a smidgen in denial of things. Because no, if I am that thing, it doesn't mean that like we have to change anything. No, Sometimes I know, just but... knowing it makes it so that you um, tackle other things better. And I think that manifests in when I, when I say I need help rather than like I have to spearhead the thing. Okay. I think that's knowing that aspect of myself. I go, okay, you might not be able to accomplish the thing unless you ask for help. Even though I feel like, you know, timing's on my side and I, we've got the money to do this and all of those things. I need that, that other part. To, so like just so just knowing that if I didn't know if I didn't have that in the back of my head, I think I would dive way harder into that thing. Because remember when we had money before, I forget that that time where we had a decent amount of like money saved, and I was just ready to blow it on everything. And I was constantly like like I wanted to fly that dude from Germany to Minnesota. You remember? I think that? it's when you lost your job and we had your retirement money. Yeah, yeah. I I knew that we had the money, and so I was like, why why the fuck not? Why we can recoup it? We can you know? I kept like doing all these things. So I, I think, also think that you don't know how money works because I take care of all of our money. So you like I want to know. No, I get that. But I think like, I still don't think you have hypomania. I just don't. I, I, you're also talking to someone who sees manic people on a regular basis. How many people do you see that are hypomanic? Like how often do you see that? Yeah, thing? I see people. Yeah. And you know, they're hyper, 
hypomania, hypermania, whatever you want to name it. I've seen all types of it. It's something. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think you have it. Why do you want? Why do you feel like you want to be diagnosed with bipolar? I think you no, no, want no. the diagnosis so you can be like, well, that's why I am the way I am. No. Well, like what I was trying to explain was it like the reason why I didn't cancel the doctor's appointment is it's not that I'm now going to like turn it into a pity thing. I'm not saying you are. I'm I'm just I'm not saying that that's what you're thinking. I'm saying it's not. Um, and maybe pity wasn't the right word, but um, uh, uh, an aspect of myself that I because like the codependency thing. That's only allowed me to make better choices. Like having owning that and going, I get it. I know I know that I'm doing this because deep down I still have these codependent issues where I think that people need me. They need me for some reason. And it's I've been able to stop a lot of times and instances where I know that I would go above and beyond and, and try to correct certain issues and certain relationships and stuff. Um, I don't, I, I'm not going at it the way I that think I used to. When you go back to the ad thing too, I think you didn't have enough information. You were expecting a lot out of something that you didn't have enough information. Oh, on. oh yeah, 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 for sure. So, I don't yeah, know. I do want to know. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause he threw that out there and that's like a pretty, it sounds scary hypomanic hypomania like that sounds really fucking intense and we never got to i I didn't get closure on that as to whether they really think i do or not and if we went back is he is he a mental health expert who that nick guy no not nick i meant the doctor i never got closure from the doctor because they're not going to give you closure they need to see you six months later when you're been sober for that long but i didn't know that okay that's what i'm saying oh so like at the end of the day, I talked to the doctor pretty. In- yeah. Yeah. See. And so I didn't know that either. So. But he he asked you if it was OK for you him to call me for sure and get information and provide information. And that's when we had a talk. And plus. Yeah. But yeah. So there was just there was just loose ends. Oh. Whereas when I was in treatment, I had the time to look into what codependency is. And I there was pamphlets and there was other counselors that I could talk yeah. to. And plus some of the medications you're on would. If you had true bipolar, it could make you actually manic or have episodes and it's not happening. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, we, the, the more, every year it feels like we learn a little bit more about mental health and like the spectrum and all of these things. Yeah. And for me, at least now, I, and I obviously sobriety helps, but it allows, it's, it's not. Um, like when I found out that I had astigmatism, I got teary eyed cause I was like, Oh fuck, something's wrong with me. Mm. And like, that's how I would look at things before, like saying I had anxiety before it was all these crutches rather than being like, Oh, that just means that I need to analyze things a little differently. Oh yeah. Not everything has as much weight as it necessarily had in the yeah. past because I, I know more now. Yeah. I think the thing too with not diagnosing someone, you know, they he said six months after sobriety is because a lot of manic symptoms you can have when you're under the influence of drugs. Mm. Like, for, oh. for example, and you weren't using methamphetamines, but I'm going to use that one because that can very much appear like someone is manic because it's their hyperverbal 
you know, they're pacing around, they don't sleep for days, you know, that can look like a manic episode of bipolar. So unless someone, and it takes a while for meth to really get out of your system and have clear mind from that. And alcohol too, you can have, when you're under the influence of alcohol, you can have this excessive spending, hypersexual. I mean, all these types of things too, where, yeah, you need a period of sobriety, to see over a period of time if you're displaying these symptoms of this diagnosis. Um, when And that's not the first time I've heard a psychiatric provider say that. I've heard it, you know, in my practice of people saying like, yeah, I mean, they may have this. They always say probable bipolar disorder or rule out bipolar disorder. When they say rule out, it's like you need an extent, you need a period of time of observation. Well, you're not going to be in the hospital for that period, you know, hospitalization so short, but it's a rule out. I'd be interested. I'm actually, I should look up your, because I have your my chart. I wonder what your discharge diagnoses were. Oh, well, I remember that it said, um, uh, Severe depression, or I forget how they... Major depressive ma- disorder. Yes, major depressive disorder. That's the one thing that I remember, but beyond yeah. that, I, I wasn't too sure. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it it's, up. It, I had a moment the other night. I think it was Friday night. You know what I'm talking about? When you didn't come to bed? Well, I could, yeah, I couldn't sleep. Well, I mean, I was in bed, and I was watching Umbrella Academy, and awesome show, by the way. My brain like I, I know that the medication that I'm on allows me to be me and like keeps my chemical levels um, where they're supposed to be and all that stuff but like when you have like major depression there's a part of you that goes hey by the way you are still you still have it and like it didn't it didn't ruin my night but like I could just feel, it's a weird feeling to know that it's there. God. Sorry. I don't want to interrupt, but rule out bipolar type two. I told you, it's always a rule out. One more time, rule out. Well, so access one, access two. Oh. I'll talk about that later. Um, So access (laughs) one is like the mental health. I mean, so unspecified depression, recurrent major depressive disorder, moderate to severe versus substance induced depression. Uh, So is the alcohol causing this major depression or not? Um, Alcohol, alcohol use disorder, severe Mm. Um, alcohol withdrawal, rural out bipolar type two disorder, unspecified anxiety or possible, um, so the rule out means that there's, they don't think that I have that, right? It's, it, yeah, or, it's like they can't, they, they, they can't rule it out cause they don't know for sure. Oh, okay. See the way that it was worded, it sounded like we're ruling this out. Oh yeah. It's, the, it's just trying to determine if you know like they can't determine it inpatient because they need to observe you for a longer period of time sure but i mean back to that that little depressive yeah episode thing it was like every so often i would have like a, a depressive episode like yeah. some type of thing right yeah and i uh i think my body was kind of like i don't know it wasn't a depressive episode but 
my body just kind of reminded me that it was there and Mm. that kind of that kind of like anxiety that goes along with that being like you're sad you're sad boy (laughs) yeah yeah Um, so it's trying to feel these mental health disorders without the alcohol and trying to remember how to manage those without alcohol well and i think it's scary to to think of if i didn't have my meds what happens in that moment Oh, so that that feeling sucks. It's you're kind of like it's a it's weird that I have this band aid that is able to cover these things um, and knowing that it's still there. That's interesting. When I I help you set up your meds for the week because I'm a control freak and I love <laughs> doing that stuff. And I was thinking when I was putting the meds in the other night, actually, like, I really hope he doesn't stop taking his medication. Because before what happened is you felt better, you stopped your meds. There was some side effects you were having too, which kind of made you made the decision. But it's like sometimes people who are on mental health medications, they feel better. They stop taking their meds or they have side effects, which, but then it's like, we would never tell someone on diabetes to stop taking your medication. And people on diabetes usually are pretty good. They take their meds or heart. Like if you have high blood pressure, you're going to take your blood pressure medication because all these things can happen if you have hypertension. But there are all of those cases where people die because it, it's that loss of control. Like you, you have to surrender to this thing. Yeah. And that's a really yeah. shitty feeling. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that we, everybody should be taking those things. But when it's like glasses, no, I dude, know. like I hate, fucking yeah. hate that I have to wear glasses, but I should be on meds for like my anxiety and maybe at times my depression and I don't like taking I don't like the feeling on medication so I've tried to learn how to manage it without so I totally understand why people don't like I that's fine I'm not going to take my metformin for my diabetes so I'm just going to work on my exercise and you know um, eat better you know people think that but I mean, I get it, but like looking at your pills the other night, it's like, what would happen if Chris all of a sudden told me, I'm just going to wean off my meds and how would we have that conversation of what would that look like? What would you look like? Would you relapse then? Is this helping you stay sober as well? Because you have a clearer mind because, you know, you're taking these medications for your depression. And And I would uh, like before, uh, because I've been off and on meds for a long time, um, I would use it as an excuse to say I'm, I'm less creative these things I can feel this creative block Mm -hmm. and now I can't be funny. I can't be artistic. I can't do these things. And this bout has proved that that's not true. And I was, it was really just me rebelling against the fact that I, I I didn't want to have to have these things. Yeah. Which nobody wants to live that way. No, no. So congratulations to everyone who's free of meds and is not, diagnosed with anything <laughs> you're doing great god bless you they're not on meds yet <laughs> they're not on meds yet um we haven't had questions for a while but uh oh shit we have questions yeah we had so someone had brought up the fact that um alex asked when we like felt okay and I like thought we answered that. we kind of did we like it was more like this was kind of like that and this was kind of like that but so when when did we i'll ask you first when did you feel confident in that i had the tools needed 
to succeed? Well, when that day in treatment, when you had that aha moment, that's when I felt confident. The way you were talking after that, the way you would use, you need big words and scientific things to explain why you do the things you do. That's the type of person you are. I need to know why I do the things I do. I need an answer. When you had watch that movie, Pleasure and Pleasure not, look it up. It's very good. I watched <laughs> it one day when I was working out when Chris was in treatment to try and understand it. It was beautiful. Very good. Very good. Um, but you needed that. And then you had this moment and then it was maybe it was probably days after that when we'd have this conversation. And then there was one day when you had called, you had watched that video again with that athlete and his family. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you wanted to talk to Landon, just Landon. Mm -hmm. And you were like, when I get out, we're going to do more things together. We're going to do this. I'm going to be more present and all this. And just the way you talked, it's like, okay, he's got this. He's ready to come home. He knows what he needs to do. And he knows he wants to do these things. Yeah. But then I have like, okay. It's funny, like, like saying that I wanted to do those things. Landon just wants to be in his room. Landon so just wants he us gets excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. now, like our bonding moment is getting away from whatever <laughs> event we have to go to. He gets so psyched. Dad, you want to, should we go home? Like after Mackenzie's baptism, this is so funny. Hey, dad, we, uh, we got to go home and change our clothes, right? And I was like, yeah, and maybe, maybe after we change our clothes, we, we just don't go to grandma and grandpa's house. And we were like laughing at the fact that we both desperately were like, let's just go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we like connect. And so I was scared that like I was failing in that regard. Mm. But that moment I was like, oh, he, he just loves like, that's our connection. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. He like, he'll come in at nighttime. He'll come into the office and just like clap his hand and stuff. Hey, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and he'll look at the screen and be like, skateboarding. Or he'll just say whatever's on the screen. And I'm like, yeah, did you want to see? Mm, no. Yeah. Just check I did have. <laughs> so the other day when you called me when I was at work, I got very anxious. When I see you calling me during the day when I'm at work. Yeah, why did I call? Because you were sick. You oh, that yeah, weird yeah, yeah. Episode. God, that sucked. So you had called me and I was like, what's going on? And then when you sent me that picture, I had this immediate. That's why I reached out to you a ton that day because I was scared. Because all of a sudden you go home mm -hmm. and you looked bad. And I'm like, did something happen at work that he's not telling me about? And is something going to happen now? Like I got I very, very anxious. Like I got fired or... Uh, yeah, I and I then you get that anxiety of now you're going to be home alone. Are you going to do something? Sure, sure. But then I had to be like, no, no, no. And, but I did give for hours when you weren't responding to my texts when you must have been asleep. Yeah. I was so anxious that something was happening. And sure. I'm like, okay. And then I was like, shit, what if something medically is going on really bad and he dies in his sleep and no one's there? So yeah, I, yeah, I go, yeah. you know me, zero to a hundred. Death, yeah, yeah. <laughs> house burning down. Yeah. Go bankrupt. All those are all my zero to a hundred. Sure. Yeah. Okay. When was your moment where you felt like. When I felt like I had like all the tools and whatnot. Um, I knew that I had what I needed to be like 
at home. Uh, but there was so much going on that it like, it distracted me from what I perceived to be these steps that I was supposed to be taking. So I was distracted and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm tackling these, these, uh, objectives that I need to be doing because there's a pandemic starting the, what's the world looking like now? What, what are the kids going to be doing now? Are we going to have babysitters? Are they allowed to have babysitters? There are all these things that kept distracting me. Um, and we've said it before, like in a, it turned out to be like in a positive way, but, um, which is interesting because the level of alcohol use and liquor purchases during that time was it was crazy yeah completely soared people had relapsed or started using more alcohol than they ne- ever had before oh, you mean, i gotcha and for actually this to be an opposite effect on you yeah. it, which is th- thankfully it was yeah. but what i had seen in my line of work was the complete opposite so that was a little scary where it's like holy crap all these people are falling off the wagon these people are using more than they've ever used right Holy crap, the amount of people we saw going through active alcohol withdrawal, all this types of stuff. It was like... Even in the podcast that I watch, alcohol was present when it was not before. Like, uh, Brendan Schaub, like, there was half a whiskey bottle there every episode. And it's like, oh man, are you, are you like taking back that much every time now? And even your mom's house, they were drinking on the show. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. So like it was. Yeah. So it. so that was weird. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when we like committed to doing this once a week, because with Duck the Grey Duke, like it was kind of we try to try to do it every week. But sometimes it'd be 10 days. Sometimes it'd be two weeks. Like it wasn't we, we didn't like. It wasn't a concrete thing that we had to do. And when we made it so that we have to do it, it it made me think. It kept making me think about all these things and what's actually going on in my head. What does sobriety look like? What? Why is it that people are relapsing? I know this whole midbrain, limbic system, prefrontal cortex thing, but do I really like understand how those communicate with each other? And is there an instance where my midbrain decides to skip over the limbic system and go to the prefrontal cortex and fucks me up anyways? Like there are all these things like, so it wasn't any one thing, but each week I just kind of started to be like, I, even though I feel like I don't know anything, I know a lot about addiction. Like I know a lot about this stuff. And so it's like, it's so it's a weekly thing. Yeah. There's there's no one thing that happened, but every week I reaffirm that I'm not kidding myself. There's no illusion that like there like there's no I don't know, people go thirty years and then fall off the wagon. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. Bobby Lee went seventeen years and then his dad passed away. Yeah. And he fell off the wagon. So there's all, there's always something that could happen. And I, so I, I try not to, and we kind of said that with Alex, we're like, we try not to think that we got it because a lot of people, when they say that, that's when they're in the most danger. 
they're mm. right on the verge of, of relapsing. So it's just, I'm lucky that, that we have this and that, you know, and we, I get to listen back to it. It's not like a session where somebody's like, Hey, so what did you guys talk about? Uh, well, like a therapy session yeah, yeah. or like a meeting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody said something. I don't, basically we just are all sober. Like this is like an actual recording that I can look back on and say, okay, remember when you said this and remember this feeling and remember how Kim looked when you brought this up or when a guest brought this up. So there's all of these things that lend to getting better each week. So I know it's a really long fucking answer. That was a real long answer. But it's, it's a weekly thing. So once a week. I get a little bit better. So you add another like percentage on. Yeah. Not a, not a, not adding a percentage, but it's, it's like, um, it's like, uh, when you're playing a video game and you have to get to a certain marker and then the clock adds another 10 seconds. Mm. And if you get there a little faster, it adds another 10 seconds until you get to the end of the thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 Um, so it feels like that. It feels like I'm, I'm adding to my health bar and it's stay. So I'm keeping it from going in the yellow. I'm staying up here and each week I'm, I'm getting to add and, and stay at a, in a safe place. Yes. Yeah. Or like it's your Pokemon go backpack and you just keep adding balls to it. It's not filling up. Well, but then you got to upgrade. No, your bag. you don't need to upgrade it. You, you don't, you have a, this big bag and you keep adding the balls and you're not, you're still adding, but you're never going to have to upgrade it. That makes no sense. <laughs> but and I mean, hey, I've been playing Pokemon Go for three years. Three years. Yeah. So. Any other questions <laughs> that you had? No, that was the only one. Well, I, here, I will say this. I was going to bring up. Um, oh, yeah. The thing I was supposed to remind you of. Yeah. Yeah. There, I, I get questions a lot like once a week from somebody saying I have a a friend who's in danger or I have a family who's in danger, a family member who's in danger. Um, and people seem to think that they're, if they learn the right thing and present it to who they think is an addict in the right way, that then that person will go, Holy shit, I'm an addict. And, I mean, you almost took your own life and ended up in the hospital and you weren't quite ready to admit that you had a problem at that point. So, I mean... There's no answer. Addiction's so complex. Yeah. And I've tried to... I've I've tried to say it, but if I haven't articulated it well enough yet, I want people to know that if your friend or family member is in danger, focus on what is bringing them down because like Alex had said, like the drinking is a problem, but what about all of these other problems that you're not confronting, that you're not dealing with making these excuses and pushing all this shit onto you when really it was me, the codependency stuff. Like there are so many other problems that are going on and the drinking is more of a symptom of these problems. And some people it's just, they, you know, they had fun drinking and they had fun drinking too, one too many times and, and now they're an addict. But a lot, I would say, fuck man, 90% of the people that I was in treatment with 
had some type of trauma or mental health issue. So ask your friend what what is keeping them from being happy right now? Oh, that's a good way what, to work. What is it? What is there anything that's, are there any roadblocks right now that are preventing you from being where you want to be? And if the addiction stuff comes up, it comes up, but don't, don't focus on that anymore. If it hasn't worked yet, it's not going to happen. Focus on what is bringing them down, what's preventing them from progressing and being the person that you love and the person that you enjoy being around and just try to be supportive in that regard. The addiction stuff, if it, you know, truly is an issue, eventually either they'll come to it or it might start to like dwindle. That mm-hmm. stuff might start to, because like I said, almost everybody had some type of issue that they, uh, they couldn't deal with. And, Drinking is so normalized that it just seems like, because it's so a- accessible, it's crazy. It's so crazy. I was thinking about this the other night um, while I was at work, because oftentimes, like, my coworkers will, after a stressful day, be like, I just need to go home and have a glass of wine. And we've normalized alcohol so much that it's like, what if we were like, I'm going to go home and uh, smoke some meth? People would be like, what are you talking about? You're going to go home and to relax? You're going to... Or I'm going to go snort a line of coke when I get home just to mellow out. People would be like, are you freaking kidding? Nobody snorts coke to mellow out. No, I know. But like, (laughs) okay. Smokes a joint. Well, that's been normalized too, though. I know. What about? But if you have an issue. I'm trying to to go down to like what hasn't been normalized. Like I'm going to go home uh, and shoot up some heroin. That calms you down. Absolutely. I see you. what you're saying. Now. So it's like we've normalized alcohol. Marijuana is now normalized. Um, so it's like those things are like, yeah, go home, smoke a joint, drink some wine. But it's like I can't go home and shoot up some heroin to calm down. People are like, oh, you have a problem. If you're doing heroin, you have a problem. But everybody that uses alcohol does not have a problem. And we've said it before, but w- when someone says... I need to go home and have a glass of wine or I need to go home and have a beer. What are they really saying? Yeah. Work sucked. I'm stressed out because of what happened at work. You're saying I need a break. Yes. So those things represent personal time. I'm going to go home. Take a bath. Turn the grill on. Have a bath. Read a book. Go walk your dog. Focus on those things. What you're really saying is you just need time to decompress and when you're drinking, it's associated with, okay, that means that you're not doing anything. You're not driving. You're not. Yeah. So it's an actual slot, an actual slotted out time where you're going to do, you're either going to complain with somebody about how shitty your day was or, you know, scroll through Facebook or Instagram or whatever. It's just time for you. So if, yeah. if what you really need is time for you, try to figure out how you can have that time. And not have to lean on a substance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you say that's good advice? I think so. And I'm not saying everyone that's like, I need to go home and have a glass of wine after work is an addict. No. Or an alcoholic or anything like that. But it's just it's just interesting to think like if I were to throw that out to someone like, I think I'm going to go shoot up heroin when I get home. Because today sucked. Like yeah. people, the looks on people's faces, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean... Um, so, and if you're thinking, well, heroin can kill you, alcohol can kill you too. Yes. 
Yep. Just want to let so you know the only withdrawals that can kill you are alcohol. Opiates, you'll feel like you want to die, but physically they will not kill. Alcohol will I thought heroin and I thought you could die from heroin withdrawal. No, you just feel like shit. Okay. Maybe I, yeah. Anyways. What I've learned though, what I've learned in nursing school and from providers that I work with in healthcare, alcohol is the worst withdrawals because that's why I mean that's why they have detoxes and stuff sure. for that. So all that to say was just to say that um, it's not that it, it means you're an addict. No. But if you're forming a habit of a substance is associated with those things. Then it could lead to we. What do we always say? We always say hasn't, hasn't happened. Hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. You should put that on a shirt. Oh yeah, hasn't happened yet. That's mm. a good idea. Um, Full of good ideas. Look at this room. <laughs> so yeah, it's just so it's it does not mean you're an addict, but you're if you're forming a habit, then you're just in that you're that much closer to it being a possibility, and that could be twenty years down the line. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're starting to get sponsors. So if you would like to buy ad space and support the podcast, um, and support us doing this and, and can continuing to have it weekly, we're going to have three shows a week now. Um, I'm, I'm banking a bunch so that we, I'm not stressed out with editing. Yeah. I'm fine editing two a week, you know, when, as long as we have structure for that, but like. Um, if you want to buy ad space, support the podcast, uh, I just ask that it's nothing with substances, obviously, yeah. no matter what the, the show is, no bars, no happy hour shit. If, if you can help it. Um, but yeah, that would, that would be, that would be awesome. It would, it would help. It yeah. really would. Yeah. And um, you got anything that you'd like to depart the the people with? Ask more questions. If you got more questions. Yeah. Um, I keep having people message me that want to be on the show. You can't. Don't don't call in if you're drunk or high, please. Yeah. I that doesn't help anything. And if you're going to come on, don't talk about how I may not be i don't know i'm I'm sober from x thing but i do a shit ton of other thing that's a triggering thing yeah and and like makes i know it sounds stupid because triggering is associated with like the whole snowflake thing but for addicts like if you make it seem like a happy thing like it kind of sparks that memory to be like oh yeah i remember when i had a good time doing this and that oh yeah so if you just if you're gonna call in let's not glorify the other shit good for you that it's not a problem but doesn't need to be highlighted yeah yeah agreed i like that okay and whatever addiction you have yeah it doesn't have to be alcohol it doesn't you know we've said that i know we've said that before yeah. but whatever um or or, or if you're sometimes it sounds weird but if you just if need you're to struggling vent. or yeah vent if you have a family member loved one Anything like that, feel free to. Sometimes if you pose a uh, scenario to Kim and I, sometimes there's 
not that we're like gurus or anything, but not we just, because we're separated from it, we don't have the emotional attachment to the person that you're talking about, like a friend would or another family member. Yeah. So they, it's, it's just having somebody who's separated from that, uh, that degree of separation helps um, give some perspective and, and could help you understand something a little better. That is the uh, the gong, which means the show. <laughs> Was that mine? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I am going to start reading a book, so I'm oh. going to take things from it. And then, What's the book called? Um, the Naked Mind. Yeah. So I don't know who the author is. I can look it up real quick. Um, I got it. So one of, someone I know, I'm not going to try and clear who that is, but someone I know, they identified that they had problems with drinking and i might not get this exactly right but they're like it wasn't like they were abusing anyone or anything like that but it became a, a problem and they started reading this book and they stopped smoking and drinking and they've been sober for a year and a half smoking cigarettes yeah okay yep um and um when chris went to they, they actually talked to me about this book prior to the Chris going to treatment and then um I didn't you know and then obviously everything happened with Chris and then while he was in treatment um she's like she borrowed me your book told me to read it I have not gotten to it yet just because the world's crazy yeah um and what's interesting is your brother heard about it, this book from someone as well and was like, this book was life-changing for this person. I'm going to buy it for Chris. And it turned out to be the same book. So it's called This Naked Mind. Control alcohol, find freedom, discover happiness, and change your life. Maybe I should have Sean on. Yeah, that would be good. But yeah, it talks a lot about... um, One of my... Um, someone I know is reading it right now and she was saying that it talks a lot about what you like, you know, all these scientific things, your mental health, why why we feel like we need to go to certain things when things are happening. And so I'm very interested to read it. Um, once I start reading it, I'm going to try and take things from it. And that way we can provide more information. And so if you don't want to read the book, I will, ha- I'm going to kind of tear it up, not tear it apart, but deconstruct. Yeah. Yeah. Deconstruct bullet points, spark notes. <laughs> so then we can go through it and kind of learn together. So I'm excited about that. I read the preface, but I have caught into the book yet because work was really busy and i gotta find time to i always it. i always pronounce that preface i know i wanted to say preface <laughs> but i know it's preface so i'll read that book um we'll i'll take some things from it so every episode from here on so not obviously not this episode but the next episode i'll talk more and more and more into it it'd be really cool to have your brother on so yeah 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 i think so as well i will ask him um all right well Thank you. Uh, again, guys, uh, subscribe, share these episodes. When you share it, Alex had pointed this out, when you share the direct link, not just sharing the Facebook post, when you copy that link and share it, it shows up on people's timeline more than if you share a post from a page. Oh, interesting. So if you share a link, it's going to show up more often on people's timelines. If you share the post, Thank you, but people get more visibility to a direct link, I guess. Okay. And with that, we will pass.